Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's going on, Grappling fans? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Who's Number One. It is Tuesday, and the week is rolling around just fine. We have a very special guest joining us today. Two guests, actually, but yeah. we'll introduce one first. Uh, one Mr. Leo Vieira. We're talking about ADCC champion, IBJJF champion, the leader of Checkmat. Leo, thanks for calling in today. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, quarantine, I think, I guess, like everybody else, you know. Like, but uh, side, beside the eating a lot, you know, <laughs> it's, I'm, good. I'm good. Healthy. It's yeah. Absolutely. Also joining us on the call today, we have uh, Ricardo Amendolia. Sorry, Lee, I didn't realize you were still filming. With you today. We're having a little yeah, bit of a technical issues there. here, a little bit of a delay in my signal here, but we'll try and push through it. Ricardo, how are you doing today? You're coming through nice and clear. I'm doing good, guys. Uh, the sun is shining out up here in Canada. Life is good. Talking to you guys. Got the, the man, one of the goats of our sport, Leo Vieira, so I'm excited. <laughs> so, so, Leo, how are you doing, man? How, what are you up to during the quarantine? What are, you, what are you doing to stay busy? I think we lost Leo. All right. Leo, Leo's <laughs> reconnecting here, but... um. You guys didn't watch yesterday's show. That was a lot of fun. Uh, let's recap yesterday a little bit, Michael. What went down? Well, first off, Ricardo, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, the sun is out. Uh, you know, kids are out playing. Uh, I, I just finished my barambolos on my, my kids' uh, stuffed animals. So got some reps in. I'm getting ready for Mikey Muzumechi this year. Everything's okay. good. Everything's good. <laughs> Leo Bolo's coming back. I think Leo's, Leo's back with us on the call here. Leo, can you hear us? Yeah, the funny like I can hear, but sometimes I think I get it freezing the camera, or I don't know my connection. No worries, we'll we'll work through it. We were just gonna ask you, you know, um, everything or every time we start the show, we ask our guests, you know, how they've been killing time. You know, everyone's life has changed so much without jujitsu. How are you staying busy right Uh, now? Uh, you know, like it's a beyond the. Head coach as a as a big team keep you busy. Actually, I'm working more right now than when the academy is open because it's uh it make sure that everybody like I, I put myself in my affiliation side. So like I'm thinking so much in how they are. So I try to make everything possible for they they go through situation as a you know easy possible. So. Come with the ideas how to how to keep the the students uh, engaged, how to keep keep the community you know uh, healthy, how to keep uh, everything works as a as a jujitsu community, but also like how keep the personal life as a you know like you know uh, at the same time. So enjoying to be to be home with my family, my wife, my kids, enjoying the, being home. But you know, and using so much the the social media to be talking to our students and our affiliations and everybody else. 
How would you recommend, like, uh, st- people who, that are at home, you know, maybe blue belts or purple belts who can't go and train, what's the best way for them to uh, improve their jiu-jitsu during this period when the gyms are closed? Right now, like, it sounds like everybody, there are a lot of uh, online contents. Like, it's uh, it's huge, like, uh, like, uh, like, with a lot of uh, different concepts, like, people showing a lot of, uh, like, home, like, how to how you make it drills like with jujitsu mobility? How to use uh, jujitsu drills? So it depends so much about how like how you quarantine yourself. If you by yourself, there are a lot of solo trainings that you can be doing. And then I guess like if you go Instagram, you're gonna see so many different drills. Uh, if you have a partner, there are a lot of opportunities for you get a your position. You know. A lot of schools, a lot of lives that show so much. Can you be uh, keep busy on the on your home? How to be active and training and and you know there are a lot of resources right now online. So so it's a, it's pretty fun and nice how people became together in this uh, in the in the Jiu-Jitsu community. Post a lot of uh, solo drills, funny drills, and also. Just interview each other, you develop and you find interesting stuff about, you know, like some fighters and some uh, personalities in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, exactly. Uh, something I really wanted to touch on you with today is uh, we're really interested in uh, people's, their sort of their story with jiu-jitsu. How did, how did you start training back in the day? What was your, your st- what brought you to start training jiu-jitsu when you, when you were young originally? Uh, I was very young. I think what's uh, make me really start jujitsu was the the love to be like uh, with martial arts. So I was watching every night. I was watching uh, Bruce Lee movies with my father. And and what I, when I get to go to the school, so that I was you know I can do something. I can be something that I learn something in movies. So, which is take me to frustration because uh, I not not have punches and kicks, I only grappling. So, I like so much in the beginning, but because I have a I have a girl that was like beating me up in the in the in the, in the class, was keeping me more staying that that skills because I was at the short group for my friends, and if it works with her against me, it's gonna work with me too. So, also regarding my education, so my father was a guy who, he worked as a janitor in the building. So, he was working outside for 35 years. So, he was working outside, you know, and he saw so many people, and special kids and children grow up learning, like, bad stuff in the street. So, he was, he was keeping me myself so much inside the house. Especially because I have to give example to my brother. So this way, I saw the opportunity to train in to do uh, some activity outside of my home. So because I was very under control of my father, so I saw Jiu-Jitsu opportunities to be there, be self. And then and Jean, my professor, he was uh, he was very good. Like he was kind of my my father too. So he was very careful about the example. He was careful about what he was like, uh, was show to us the environment inside the school. Well, 
And then when my father figured out this, he understood that like the jujitsu school was part of the education. He, he was using the jujitsu as a part of education. So as a kid, I want you to go play video game. I want you to go to the beach. I want you to go to nightclubs. I want you to do all this stuff. But jujitsu was the priority. I was missing jujitsu class. I was not able to do play video game or nothing. So was Jacare your first instructor? Jacare was my first and the only strike head coach. I have like some fields uh, instructor that was been uh, in the class with Hachinho, driving. I remember they 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 they, they was jumping those class to help as a, as an instructor. But Jacare was like was the the professor who gave all my belt. And uh, I remember when I was my uh, kids' belt, yellow, orange belt. Uh, the generation, the one generation like, was Hachinho and Jamelão, but they was right, like teenagers, like kids too. And then, uh, and the one generation after that was uh, Fabio Gorgel, Travin, Alexandre Paiva. This was the first, like, uh, uh, they're all their guys. Like, those, those guys is the biggest, is the biggest name. But those guys was uh, getting the black belts and they opened their own like, schools. And, and, uh, yeah, but Jacare was the person that I was, I was with Jacare, so I was his uh his a soldier size like he opened his school and then until until I moved to Sao Paulo. Where was Jacare's academy at in Rio? Where was it what what neighborhood was it located in? Ipanema. Ipanema always was in Ipanema. Even when he moved to Atlanta, so we uh, like the school was uh, was with me. And then after it was with my brothers and Cumprido, but we this his school was always in Ipanema, between Ipanema and Copacabana. So similar, so the school similar to where the Checkmat is now, the same area where Checkmat is now, right? Uh, that's like right on yeah, the border of Ipanema and Copacabana, sort of like exactly. the, the fight zone. Yes, it's a, yeah, fight zone is a little bit right now. It, it's a Copacabana close to Ipanema. You okay. know, was the opposite. Was Ipanema close to Copacabana, but it's pretty same location. Same location. What was Jacare like as an instructor? Because that's pretty remarkable to start with such a legendary instructor as your your teacher when you were a very little kid. What was he like as an instructor? Oh, uh, you know, like as a kid's perspective, Jacare was pretty nice, right? making. You know, kids' class. He was teaching all the class. He's a, he's the guy who loves to be on the mat. He was teaching kids' class, beginners' class. Uh, we used to have like a teenagers' class and the adults' class. He's the guy who like spend all like spend so much time on the mat. He loved, and I think I got this from him because I love to be on the mat. It's I don't feel part of my job. I feel like it's part of my existence. Like I like to be on the mat. So. Grow up with a Jacare uh, teaching class, like, and he also like he's a uh, uh, beside the jujitsu, he's uh, always was pretty healthy uh, uh, and uh, and uh, athlete. So he he's a three athlete. He does he did uh, Ironman. So he was he he's a uh, he educated he's educated his condition in Brazil. So he has like he has a college in 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 this. So and I and I guess he's a uh, even like a he he didn't compete as much as as like some people can say, but he was very 
uh, good instructors to put all this together. So making the drills, training. Back in the time when I was a kid, I remember like uh, we doing a lot of uh, drills, uh, specific trainings, and not just sparring. So was pretty like when it was going to the competition, we was we we was feeling very confident about about like our games and what the skills we have be, regarding the, the training was very, very uh, uh, good design for, for the athletes. Leo, how early did you start competing? Uh, were you competing as a yellow bell and how did that go? I remember like I, my, fir- my, my first document as a, as a jiu-jitsu, like a, a membership card, it's for a really old uh, federation. It's 1985. I was yellow belt. Wow. So... So I'm from 76, so I was like a nine years old. You know, so like that's a, that's a, I don't know exactly when I, uh, exactly like when I, sh- when I start, but the, 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 the first documentation that me and my brothers, we have, it's, uh, it's 1985. Amazing. It was a yellow or orange belt. Yeah. That's amazing. Do you have any, um, any memories that come back to you about the early days of competing, what it was like as a kid and, what, what it felt like? I, I remember, I remember size today, like my first competition, in my all my tournament, my competition. You know, unfortunately, like uh, uh, as a as a my me my family, the way we was like we didn't have enough, uh, uh, you know, like financial resource to have a lot of things documented. So we don't have, I don't have tapes, I don't have pictures, I don't have anything. Uh, if not somebody that was uh, like uh, in the competition, he took picture and gave it to me. So I don't have nothing documented, but I have the, I have a very good memory, you know. And I remember my first match. I remember my first competition. I remember my first class. What Jacare teach me? I remember when the first competition. Where it was? How was the fight? I remember as a kid, I was so nervous, crying so much, you know. And Jacare said, oh, we're going to have competition next weekend. So for one week, I was already like, <gasps> so in the day of the competition, so I was in my home, like, you know, like praying for him, for he come late. Oh, Jacare, go late, come late. Please come late, he'd be late. <laughs> and he show up, you know. He show up on time. Let's go, Leo, let's go. And then I jumped in his car and I was I was like uh, wishing to go late or say, okay, we're going to be late to the competition. We're going to be late to the competition. And it was on time. So and then I was say, okay, maybe I don't have fight. Maybe I don't have the fight. Maybe I don't have fight. And uh, but they always fight, especially back in the time where there's the the sport back in the time would grow up with a lot of egos, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, pride. So people don't care about division, about belt. They just want to okay, I have this guy, and I believe he can he can beat any one of your athletes. So. They're always a competition. They're always a fight. They're always something to prove for your team how strong you are or how strong that that you can be. So, and then you go, you fight, you compete. The, it, the competition back at the time not designed the way that I, that that it is today, in terms of a brackets, in terms of a structure. So you 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 used to fight, used to fight in the in the in parking lot with a mats in the parking lot. It's, it doesn't matter if it was sun or rain or rains, so you over there to compete. So only when I got a purple belt, that's when the competition really starts to be in house in schools or 
in gymnasiums and then became like a new era for the jiu-jitsu competition. But was pretty nice. I have a, I remember, I remember, I have a very nice recordation. I remember I was so nervous and Alexandre Paiva was, was trying to keep me calm because I was very nervous. I cried before my fights. And I remember we don't have a games or have nothing to, to, to entertain the kids. And I know Alexandre Paiva was getting the, his watch and make me and, and try to set some games with a stopwatch, try to make, oh, I want to see if you can stop stopwatch less than 10 seconds. And I was trying to, to you know, just distract me to before my fight. Beside this, Jacare was telling me to, oh, go, because he knew that I know how to, I like to play uh, soccer. He was saying, go play soccer outside, and then I'm going to call you when, when, when your fights get closer. So and sometimes I was playing too much, and then when I come back, my pants was dirty because I was playing soccer. <laughs> I said, what are you doing? Like I say, I was playing soccer. I say, okay. But, yeah, so I have a very good, like, nice memory about when I was a kid, you know, surround about those guys. It was nice Leo, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, you talked about having guys like Gigi and Travern and Hachio, Jacare uh, and Fabio. Uh, a lot of those guys had, they all had like very kind of distinct games, you know, like Gigi had really good judo and uh, Fabio uh, was like a pressure passer. Travern, really good guard. How did you develop your, your game? Because like one of the things that I admire about you growing up and watching you is you were always entertaining you had a very well-rounded game like with takedowns and you, you weren't really a specialist. You were just kind of awesome at everything, but you had a lot of very dynamic movements, like acrobatic things that no one had ever seen before. So where did you get a lot of your innovative techniques that you brought to jiu-jitsu in the sport? Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, like, like you said, like uh, those guys, they was, uh, it was like uh, uh, older than me. There was not really like uh, we're not really like training uh, together, you know. So didn't have so many, so many. Unless when I got my black belt, then was like different because I was already more training with them. But as a kid, as a as a kid of blue belt, so I was developing my own game basing basing reaction over what happened on the match. So I have like some like. Jamelon, Hachinho, I have some guys that were more close to me and that those are the guys that was more inspiring me more than, than the other black belts. So those guys were inspiring me more. So I was, uh, but I was always listening so much uh, Jacare and one of my, like, uh, the discipline that I put in the sport was very strong. So I put so much discipline. I was I was very like uh, uh, commit me with the, with this training with with the, with the jujitsu. So, like I guess those give me as a skill, give me a very good cardio. Get get a very like a uh, be fast, you know. And I think uh, uh, take me a little bit, but when I I understand that the that the the. Uh, that speed was my skills that was like uh, uh, improving so much. And also Jacare was encouraging like for we do like, you know, like to play my own game, you know, like, and I was, uh, but like I said, like today there are a lot of knowledge about how to teach and how to, you, how to, how to 
put the students to thinking how to be how to build a game before no before we still find developing like new skills new ways so uh, I was copying more the people that are close to me but Jacare was very like was encouraged me so much to do like my style which is a lot of speed and a lot of uh, movement even when sometimes I was like losing because I was going too much you know but it was part of my style to be fast and 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 this you Steve, you mentioned that Jam Malone was uh, and those guys were a couple years old, uh, older than who was uh, your general who were like the uh, the generation with you probably obviously your brothers and Caprito who were the guys around that you came up with yeah like uh, my brother is, uh, was a uh, young uh, Comprido was young too so when I was purple belt I think Comprido was was a yeah yeah that's when he He's completely start and come back a couple of times, and then he and then when and then when he get a, a more older, he start and then he stays and he's a, he was like a very like uh, uh, commitment too. But he start and stop one or two times. My brother was very young, so my age in my with in in my school. Uh, was no well, just like the a little bit older than me was like Hachinho and Jamelon. Uh, those guys was like my old brothers. Those are the guys that was like pretty pretty close to me. Uh, but but as a friend, it was Cumprido and my and 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 other guys. But it's more like the other guys from the other teams. Uh, and uh, and uh, because I also like uh, you understand like. Uh, in Rio de Janeiro, in Ipanema. So you have a lot of kids playing the streets, going going to different uh, place. So I grew up with uh, with um, all my friends doing jiu-jitsu. So some were just me, Cumprido, and beside my brother, of course, was uh, training with Jacare. But most of my friends was training Castle Gracie with Bolão, you know, so... A lot of my friends was with them, but and we were super friends. We was going out, and then part of those friends they also there was there was from judo. That's why like I start training judo too, which helped me a lot. And and some small friends they was doing box Thailand days back at the time was very popular too. So so my group of friends that those those are the people that are walking so much. So yeah, completely was the only one from from my school. A lot of other guys uh, was from uh, uh, Bolão and Castle Gracie and other guys from Judo and and Box Islanders, which is... Yeah, Carlos Gracie. Yeah, I've I've been around there a lot. The Copacabana area, there's like 100 Carlos and Gracie schools. There's a lot of of Carlos and Gracie stuff around there. Uh, So a guy, obviously you're from Ipanema, grew up in that area, a guy who is from nearby in Cantagallo. How old were you when you first met Terra Ray? When did you first come across Terra Ray? Uh, you know, like, I I grew up with them, like, as uh, this school, remember, like, this school that I was going to the school was the school inside the, the, the community, like, the, the Cantagallo. So we were, I was going to exactly the same school as they are because public, public school... Uh, I didn't have the money to go to private school, 
So you go to public school in Brazil, the public school that I went to go, that was the same that everybody has only this school to go. So I was going to José Linhares and Marina de Gisele, which the, was the most popular school. Uh, and it's almost like inside the Cantagalo. So I grew up with friends that, that from Cantagalo. So part of my friends, I was, a, I was divided. I have my friends in the street where I live, and I have my friends in, in the school, which is everybody belongs to the, to the, to the community, Cantagalo community. And Terede was just like uh, Terede. I I would met Terede later when he was, you know, like more older because of my generation. Because of my friends, like uh, in 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 this school, they didn't train in jiu-jitsu. Like actually, like uh, some some of the guys that from Cantagal, they used to train in jiu-jitsu with us. Humberto was one of the first one to be training. There are a lot of other guys that came and training before. And then after was Jero in my generation, Leo. Uh, it was a lot of people. But Terede was like the, the first one to be very uh, commitment, very professional as a jiu-jitsu uh, sport. Because uh, when I moved to Sao Paulo, so Terede was already like a very, very potential athlete, very good athlete training with Alexandre Paiva. But he lives in the community with uh, 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 Cantagalo, which is like, a, you know, community, some local, they have their own rules. Like, and a lot of the, the, the time, like, you know, I, that's my perspective. So when you in the in this uh, community, in Cantagalo community, so as a kid, you want to, you want to, you want to, you know, uh, be a, a social, get a status to make friends. And a lot of the kids they choose they they choose to be uh, kind of like uh, gangsters because uh, this bringing status, this bringing popularity in the in the in the ghetto. So jujitsu and with Terere was making this change was giving was giving access to people be uh, in the magazine, uh, giving change of people's status from nobody to somebody, you know through the sports. So, and especially when, when Terede moved to Sao Paulo, and the reason he moved to Sao Paulo, because when I moved to Sao Paulo, I didn't have so many athletes top level. So, because I was there and I need somebody to train with, so I invite Terede and I invite Leo Negão. So, both guys that was close friends to me, and they, I, and they need, they want the opportunity. Terede was reporting me that he have uh, some like personal problem inside the inside the the, the community, the Cantagalo, because uh, he start became very popular, and this was getting a problem between the people living over there. And he was about to quit jiu-jitsu, which is uh, which is of course would be a problem. So I and then I invited. That's when I came with the idea. I said, why don't you move to São Paulo? So I live here. You can live with me. We're going to train each other. He was a purple belt. I was a red black belt. I said, you're going to live together. You're training, and you're going to compete. So we're going to be, a, there are some competition, come back. So why don't you make a test? Let's make a test and see how it is. So he moved as a test. We training so much. He went to the competition, and one of his best performances was a Brasileiro de equipe team competition. 
he was brown belt and he was he and and uh, he was purple belt and he and we were it was one of his uh, very good performance so after that he talked with the parents he moved to sao paulo and also i bring i bring uh uh Negon, which was Negon was a close friend but he was training in in Carson grace but the reason because he was he has the same thing he doesn't want to be in Rio de Janeiro anymore. He wants to move to Sao Paulo. And I and I was the one that who needs somebody to train with. So Terere was the young generation making me be very fast. Keep my I have to to training so much. Leon Negon was a very strong guy who have he's gonna take me a different skills to to fight, to training. So so that's that's when he moves to over there. And this making it is open a lot of opportunities to people in the in the in Cantagallo to see oh that opportunity with Jiu Jitsu. So and that's why when when we get more uh, uh, op- uh, when we get our black belts, my brother and I, and like we start even like making the project running inside the Cantagallo because we we haven't been in that community for a long time. Even we wasn't le- sleeping over there, living there. We have we we have been with so many friends. I have been in the school, so we know so many people. And we and 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 now with jujitsu, it's like you give opportunities to to people change their lives. So the same change that jujitsu changed our life, we knew that this jujitsu can change their life. So and then that's when we start running a jiu-jitsu program inside the, the, the Cantagallo. And then we find out a lot of other good athletes, you know, like Alain Fifo, Jackson Souza, you know, like, and we already, like, like those are those are the, some of the top good names, but uh, but uh, we have a lot of many other guys uh, that, 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 uh, that living through jiu-jitsu, uh, and, but it's not because of the jiu-jitsu make they change their life. Now, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, you were, you debuted a black belt in 97, um, today debuted in 2000, and then you guys were both in Sao Paulo. A lot of people claim, like, you know, they refer to today as like one of the godfathers of modern jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. But I know there's a lot of influence that you had technically, not just, you know, as far as the sport, but like specific positions. I, I know that you were kind of, doing it even before he did. Is there anything that you can remember that you were, you know, kind of um, brought to the table that helped him, that kind of, you know, he competed with or any specific techniques that you kind of developed yourself and kind of, you know, demonstrated to guys like Ted today and, and maybe see it evolve now today? Uh, like, uh, Ted today was very like a talent, you know, like uh, you, you show he was show something. He was a very like uh, easy to understand and and bring it to their own game. So in the beginning, he was very like a god player, like just one game. And I remember when when he was the first class, I was helping. Oh, can you teach those class? He was teaching uh, butterfly sweep for the whole month. I said, no, you cannot just do butterfly sweep. You have to change. But he was very, he was very like a, a soldier. Whatever you tell him to do it, he will do it. So, and he had a very good and strong foundation. He was coming from uh, uh, Alexander Paiva, 
which is have very good professors. So he have a very strong foundation. When he came training with me, he was already like a purple belt. So it was easy to work. It's like working in the in the in the platform that's absorb everything what you doing. So I was I just was to say that I was telling like oh let's train in stand ups, you know let's like let's go to judo, let's go to wrestling, let's go to play top game, let's pass. So your body, so you have how to use your skill, what your skills. So your skills give you give you like you look. Don't try to copy me, copy Fabio, or copy Alexandre Paiva, or copy somebody that you think it's nice. No, you have to find your own. But what what can I do to find your own? First, you need to understand what your skills are. And then you're going to build a game regarding your skills. Then you don't have to, to change your skills, which is like something like not natural to you. And, and he was very lizard. And he was very like... Uh, like a commitment, he was very disciplined. Like to 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 teachable, you know. So that's that's why, like the way he improved, as fast he improved, and and it was that was 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 amazing because uh, he was he was a very like a good platform and very careful the way that he was listening and very like obedient, like in the, in, in in making the all the all the all the the task that I was asking for. Uh, Leo, you had mentioned that you had moved to Sao Paulo. What was the, the reason behind your move to Sao Paulo uh, from Rio? Yeah, uh, because it uh, was a, like a job opportunity. So uh, Fabio, Fabio has a school in Sao Paulo, and he, he was by himself because the person there was helping his academy move to to United States. So it was was a was a wasn't the first wave that people traveling was going from Brazil to United States to teach jiu-jitsu. So so he lost his uh his uh, professor and then he has a, a spot open over there. So I think the way that I know so what I thought like uh, he and Jacare has this conversation and they they agree with that. So, because I never get an offer from Fabio, so I, so I got, I got, uh, I got a, I invite from Jacare. Jacare was telling me, hey Leo, I spoke with Fabio. Uh, he have an opportunity for you in São Paulo. I think it should be very good. So I'm already in, in Atlanta, so I'm not here so much, and and uh, he have a very good financial opportunity for you. And I think you can you can improve so much even a jiu-jitsu game with Fabio. So for me, like, uh, honestly, for me, I was like, Jacare, I don't care. You know, like, I'm your student. I go whatever you tell me to go. So, like, I, until this point, like, I was, uh, I was already, like, the head coach in his academy. So was, uh, well, we knew it. If I move from that school, probably that school would be financial struggling. Because I was the person who taking all the class, keeping kids class, adults like keeping all most of the class. Even when I, we still have uh, uh, other people teaching, and but it's still like completely when my brother there was like purple belt, they was very young, you know, to take care to 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 keep the students engaged, you know. So 
and and I believe Jacare already knew it. So I I I know like that's and that's what like is something that I I very grateful to Jacare because like I think he knew it that move that make me go to to São Paulo was like was like a like be bad for his business for his academy uh, in in Rio. But he sent me anyways, not because he knew it that the Fabio need, but because he knew it that uh, like uh, he already know how my life was. He knew it how my commitment to jiu-jitsu, and he knew he know my parents, he know my mom, my father. He know how my family is struggling as a, you know, to have a better life, and he knew it what jiu-jitsu represent to us. Jiu-jitsu for me was never something that I, I wants to win a competition. Or always was a, the opportunity to change my life and my family life. Because I came from a, a, a family that was, didn't have so much money, you know, and my cousins, my, all my, my family, so I knew how they are struggling to, you know, like financial. So jiu-jitsu for me was, I, was a was a, the opportunity to have the same lifestyle as uh, my professor because when i look when i was looking to because the only thing as a kid that i want to say i want to live in rio de janeiro i don't want to i don't want to live where my cousins live i don't want to even when i love like i like to be with them i want to live by the beach and regarding to live by the beach is very expensive in my perspective as a kid i have to do I have to be like my father. So I was growing up to be, okay, so when I get old enough, I'm gonna find a, a, a building to work. I'm gonna work in the building and then I'm gonna live in the, by the beach. So that was, my, that was my, my, my idea. When I figured out that jiu-jitsu was something that can change my life, I say, hey, I can't, when Jacare offered me to work with him, I say, hey, I think I can I can be like my professor. I can work with jiu-jitsu instead than work with what my father do. My father works so much, I saw every day. But Jacare, he have a very nice lifestyle. He come in the morning, teach the class, he go to the beach, he come back, he training, he teaches again. So he have a pretty nice lifestyle. So I wanna I wanna have this lifestyle, you know. And and then when I get my black belt, so I was already the head coach taking care of the responsibility of his school. So when he sent me to Sao Paulo, he knew it that uh, financial, I'm gonna make a lot of money, I'll help my family, I'll help, would be part of my goal, you know? And he didn't stop me, even when I told him, even when I say, Jacare, I know the opportunity can be good, I'm happy in Rio, I have everything what I want. I'm close to my family, I'm close to the beach, and I have a school to teach. I don't need, I don't want to go to Sao Paulo. But then he said, no, but if you go, we'd be good for you. You feel good for your career. We'd be good for your family. You're going to even help so much. So that was the, that was the big, I told, I said, I'm a soldier. Whatever you say, I will do it. I'm never going to, you know, go against what you say. So I, that's what the respect that I have for, for, for Jacare. So, and then I moved to Sao Paulo. You know, and actually it was the best thing that I did for my life because in Sao Paulo, I not just, uh, Sao Paulo not just helped me financial-wise, but also helped me so much about, you know, how, how, how manage school. I learned so much in how to, you know, about in 
in terms of a business, you know. So I learned so much. And then and then I became pretty close to Fabio, of course. And then we training together. I learned different skills to, 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 to compete. I learned a lot of about business perspective, you know, and and then and that's why like uh, I you know, so I'm so grateful to Jacare because he he don't he don't he don't thought that time in what was the best for him. He thought was the best for me. So it's not so many people who who put people first than him. So that's why, like for me, means a lot. Something uh, I got to ask about. It's one of the the major events I would say in jujitsu history. You guys had such an uh, amazing you guys had such an amazing team back then. Why why did everything split up? What what ended up happening in Sao Paulo that? Everybody went their own ways. Uh, you know, uh, that's the that's the one million dollar question. You know, like uh, I I definitely don't know. You know, so because when this happened, I was too busy in my goal. Like I said before, jujitsu for me was something to take me from to change my my life and my family life. So when I understand that jiu-jitsu was not just a martial art, what's the what's the uh, what's the way that we connect with people? Uh, that's I change I change my perspective. Before it was just a sport. I have to be the best in the sport. To regarding to have students, I have to beat everybody in the competition. Regarding to be to make my life as a jiu-jitsu athlete. When I understand that's wrong. That's a jiu-jitsu. It's beyond the mat. It's beyond this. It's jiu-jitsu. It's a it's a connection. Jiu-jitsu is going to introduce people. Jiu-jitsu is going to connect with a different people. Then I understood the different things, and that's when I that's when I I I I start. I went to college. That's when I start to connect with a different people, you know. And then when those politics came between the teams, you know, like. Jacare was always on top of our team. So it belongs to him, the decision, you know. And then I was not, like I would say, whatever Jacare decide, that's what I'm going to do. So when, when they decide, when, when people start like a playing game, a politics decide, and when everything was breaking, for me, like, like I don't care because whatever happened, I'm never going to change what I feel for each, each one. So I know, I know what Jacare represents for me. I know what jiu-jitsu is. I know my I know my purpose of my life in with jiu-jitsu. So I I just I basically let them make the decision. I try to be of course as close with everybody possible, but you know, like sometimes like uh it's not in your hands the decisions, you know. And I just I just follow the flow of the decision was made and and I but I you know, didn't change my my goals in, in, in the sport didn't change my feelings through all those guys, you know, doesn't change the feelings that I have to everybody else. Absolutely. I think uh, I'd love to talk ADCC with you because ADCC is, I mean, you're an IBJJF black belt world champion, but I think ADCC uh-huh. is such a big part of your career. I mean, including the super fight, you yeah. went, there, went there nine times, which is pretty incredible. 21 victories there, two-time champ, two-time silver. Talk a little bit about your experience, your history with ADCC, and I'm sure we'll have a few questions for you because you're such a, a big part of the ADCC history. Uh, in the like, 
like all these tournaments starts like in the between like 2000. So for 2000, 2000, and like that's when it started 2000. I was already in Sao Paulo. All those drama between the team was like, was something that already starts because, uh, because uh, those dramas, the politics starts when like everything was, uh, was under one federation. One became this, the another federation. That's when everything start became uh, a drama because uh, people teams doesn't know what they support, you know. So alliance it was a the alliance it was a was decisions. Okay, we're gonna support everybody, and that was my thought because uh, we are athletes. So I don't care if the competitions uh, some competition give a reputation, some some competition is gonna give you the money and. And some competition was really paid nice, good money. So why don't you don't you fight? You know, so so as so the ADCC was the tournament that was uh, was like a very like nice design, giving a lot of reputation, uh, prestige, and also a very good uh, 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 prize money. So and and they, and change. And I saw ADCC change a lot of the. A lot of the 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 change a lot of the concept through jujitsu. Like is even like I I was telling people that uh that uh that uh I it's only like a few moments that you see the whole jujitsu community getting together getting together against something. So I remember when I was kid the first time, uh, juj- uh the whole jujitsu community they get together to fight against the luta livre. Because back in the time, Luta Livre was one one good martial arts, and then Jiu-Jitsu was the other side. They both was fighting to who was the best martial arts. So, and they, they have a deal. Let's make a fight between your top athletes and, I guess, our top athletes. So, in this time, Jiu-Jitsu community came together, and Fabio Gorgel was training with uh, uh, people from Carson Gracie because uh, they forget teams, they forget flags, and the only flag they were standing for was jiu-jitsu. So they, the jiu-jitsu community became together in pro the jiu-jitsu, to represent the jiu-jitsu in this. So the second time I saw this happening was with Abu Dhabi. So when I, when I, when I, when I was going to Abu Dhabi, the teams, the jiu-jitsu team was very, was very specific. You can see pretty clear every small group of jiu-jitsu. But when we went there, when it started competition, we start natural. We start getting together as a jiu-jitsu. We start getting together as a as a as a nationality. And the end of the day, the end of the competition, our group was pretty strong group as a jiu-jitsu and also was a was, as a Brazil. So, so this uh, tournament was like like and it was my first time. It was attract me so much to be oh that's a super nice because. Uh, because beside the prestige, beside like uh, the money that you can do in this tournament, you like there are a lot of uh, 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 a lot of uh, mind, a lot of uh, like uh, old idea that people is breaking, you know, and uh, they keeping they putting the side just because uh, now they want to regarding to be the best grappler in the world. Because uh, that was the Abu Dhabi was bringing. Who's the best grappler? What martial arts the best grappler? And he was inviting people from wrestling, people from jiu-jitsu to represent their, their sport. And, 
and the, and these forces should became in training together sometimes to go to compete to represent not like a, 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 a our flag but a, to stand for a jiu-jitsu flag so that's why i have a very like a, a, a nice uh, like a very a very good care about like EPCC. Leo, I wanted to ask you something. So, you know, you fought in 2000, had amazing performance 2000 in your division, and, of course, the Open against Mark Kerr. Um, you went back in 2001, but it wasn't until 2003 when you really, you know, you went there, you won, and then again in 2005 and 2007, you had amazing performances. What was the major difference for you in 2003 that, um, you know, kind of got you those results? Because you... You showed amazing performances 2001, beautiful match with Shaolin, obviously the one with Kerr, uh, or 2000. I mean, the 2001, it wasn't as good. I know you had some issues traveling to Abu Dhabi and you got there like a day late or something. But in 2003, you, you went there lighter, uh, new division, new focus. What was it about that year specifically that made you adapt to your game to win ADCC? I think it was a like, combination with a lot of stuff. You know, like first of all, I think like uh, you know like uh, a lot of all the shows like all the shows that all the producers everything have the the priority of the people they you know they there's some politics sometimes in those shows so I was never I was not allowed to compete I, I, in seventy seven division sixty six division so in two thousand in two thousand one I was invited to fight in seventy seven. So they all not allowed me to fight in six six, you know. Was a uh, was very was very clear about that. So there was off there the no trials back in the time was only by invitation, and the invitation for me was very clear about if you don't compete on the seven seven, you're not gonna compete in six to six. So don't even try. So and so I didn't have the option. Okay, so my option was fight seven to seven. Which is okay for me because, uh, like, I don't care. I just like wants to go fight, show that I'm able and make my money, make my name. So that's all about na uh, name and money back in the time. So I was going to 77 because that's the only option I go. Okay, but the real, the real, it's a, it's a, I would like to fight six six. So my division was 70 kilos. I was fighting in feather, so that was my division. So 65, 66 kilo was that's what we have to wear. It's 67 kilos. Uh, the feather division, it's 67 kilos, no gi or 70, 70 kilos with gi. So that was my division. So I would like to fight 60, 66 kilos, but I wasn't allowed. So when the competition went to Brazil. So I was already in the college, so I didn't make the trials. So I was not even thinking to compete because I was frustrated about, you know, two times I tried 77. So I would like to try to 60, 60. You know, I was frustration and the and, be, and like I was focusing, like I said, jujitsu for me was to change my life. And because I was already in the college, so I was looking to do something different. So I was not like training as much. So when and they call my phone and they invite me and say, "Hey, Leo," they're funny because when they call me, they don't call me to invite me. They call me to, to the first question they say to the phone: "Oh, can you beat Harder Grace?" 
and that was sound so strange for me because uh, for the whole for the whole time like like it's it's why 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 those questions why why this and then my 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 answer was look if i fight at 66 i i want to win everyone and nobody can beat me in 66 division but you guys never let me fight six six, and then, and then the and then the phone the phone call just say okay, so be ready you're gonna fight the six six, so I went to Rio, start training with my brother, jump in the diet, and then I come back. I was strong, and I knew it that uh, like like my performance would be would be would be very good because I'll be strong for this. So I always in jiu-jitsu, I always training. I was like, I was like, I always training, but I, like 77 was so much. People was dropping weight a lot. So fighting 6'6", six, six, I knew that it would be a very good uh, division for me. And then I make the weight pretty easy. And, uh, and then I, and I, and I feel, I felt that I was one of the strongest in my division in 2003. So the way I was the way I was, I was feeling, so I felt I was I was one of the most stronger, you know, and 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 then and that's and and after that, so like uh, was a trials. The trials pretty much opened the opportunities to everybody compete, you know. So, but that was the reason that uh, why why change for those two competitions seven seven and then the other in seventy and then six to six. Then all the change when I back when I back straight to seven seven was because was because of the I was not making my weight anymore. Uh, actually, I tried. Like the last time was two thousand nine. Uh, I I win. Like uh, I was making the weight, but I had a lot of big problems to to make the weight because uh, I was I dropped from eighty two kilos or. 82 kilos or 85 kilos to 65. That was my drop. So in the in those last those last DCC, you know. But back in the time we didn't have knowledge to how dehydrate. Not right now. Right now we know how to do it because of, through MMA. So we developed skills to learn how to dehydrate. But in 2009 we didn't know. So the way you dehydrate is like cut water, cut food, don't eat it for two days. I was two days without water. So in the way that the way in the night before the way in, I pass out. I, con- I have convulsion for thirty minutes. I was out like I'm not even supposed to compete. I was totally out. I thought I was gonna die. I wake up. I come back. I didn't recognize my brother. I didn't recognize my teammate. I was not recognized then, and I was awake. So it taking me a couple hours to 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 know who who am I and to know who was close to me because. Uh, I, I didn't know where I, when I when I wake up after the conclusion I didn't know I didn't know who am I I didn't know where I am I didn't know who was close to me and take me a lot to understand what's happening. So when I understood what's happening, I told my brother to take care. I said, Hiko, don't let me sleep because if I'm asleep, I think I will die. So next day I weigh in. I made the weight sixty five kilos. And then, and then the next other day I fought, and then my two fight I got a, I, I fought against an Australian kid in the first match. Second match I fought against a, 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 a Ryan Hall, you know, very flexible scramble game, you know. So, but uh, 
this, I, I was already have the strategy, you know, but takes a lot of energy to keep the strategy, but was my strategy. My skills was always about speed, you know, and I did, and I win the fight, and I went to the semifinal with uh, Manges, and then, and then I get a one, I make my strategy. I thought I supposed to get the point before, they didn't give me the point. So this regarding get and make me get, I need to expose myself more, but also like a, the most, like the biggest thing over there, like when I when I went to that fight, when I wake up in that, that day to compete, I was so tired, so tired. My body didn't re, like recovery, and that's the problem with dehydrating, especially when you, you you don't you don't do the good way. So your body feels so much. You didn't recover it. So, and then I did my best. You know, like I end up losing for Hafa, but you know I did my best. I did my strategy. You know, and uh, and it was was pretty good match, you know. And then, uh, and and then after this tournament, they they, they changed the rules. You know, I don't know if it, they changed the rules because of my because of, because they because they saw they were sick. I went to the doctor later, and I was with pneumonia. So I don't know if they changed because they saw how dangerous can be. And then that's what the next Abu Dhabi, two thousand eleven, they say, okay, now the now the the competitions has to be changed. So you're not allowed to you're not allowed to drop blah blah blah. Then they put these new rules that that and then force a lot of people change the bracket. And then I fought. That's when I back to fight to seven to seven again. And 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 I I make the final with Marcelo Garcia next in 2011. So we have uh. We always have the guest that's on today uh, ask a question for the person tomorrow. Yesterday, uh, we had uh, Tanqui- we had Tanquino on yesterday, uh-huh. and uh, so he had this question uh, for you. If you want to play that uh, clip, Kyle. First things first, I want to get a question from you for a guy. It's interesting having you get a question for this guy because you listed him as one of your early heroes the other day. Do you have a, a question you would like to ask for for Leo Vieira, who's our guest tomorrow? Man, like my question to him, uh, uh, Leo's amazing. Like I said, I watched him competing when it was like a yellow belt. And uh, <laughs> I want to, to hear from him, like how was fighting that generation? How was to him to finding guys like Hoyle Gracie, Marcio Feitosa, Shaolin, Terere. Like those guys that were like, on that time, the people that are like like me starting the jiu-jitsu, like stopping everything that you were doing to watch them competing. And um, I think right now we were talking about too much about me fighting Cobrin, Rafael, but back on the time, like guys like Leo Vieira, like, and, and of course, all, all the other ones, like they made their our way to here, you know what I mean? So I want to know, I want to know from him, how was, if he, if he feels pressure or, or how, how he felt if he felt pressure when he... so and Kino yeah, came up uh, watching you he, he told us on the show he said he said you were one of his heroes when he was a yellow what? belt i just didn't like he said that he was a yellow belt come on <laughs> <laughs> does, does when i was younger you don't gotta say don't when say like i used to watch you fight like don't say yellow belt you know but first of all man i'm a huge fan of this guy thank you He's one of, like, you know, he does like what I always I believe in jiu-jitsu so much, and I always defend jiu-jitsu, how jiu-jitsu can be efficient, play top game, top position. You know, I'm very big fan of his style. Actually, like, uh, I see myself so much his style. Some, th- some stuff that he does, I say, man, like, 
I don't know, like, usually it's hard to see yourself, but I say, man, like, if I don't do this, I have to do something similar. If I'm not doing it, I have to start doing it because it's pretty efficient what he does, you know. But uh, but uh, I'm very, I like, I, li- I like his style so much, very smart, very, very, uh, like, you know how to use his skills, especially playing the top, you know, which is a very challenge nowadays and, you know, uh, being the top is, a, is it's a, it, you have, I used to say that you have to be double, like a double man to fight on top because you fight against all the rules, against all the, the circumstances because, uh, because uh, the, like, uh, the rules help so much the person on the bottom. So when you fight on top, it's making like a, you be like a, you know, like you have to get a, like a very confidence to play on top. But, you know, answer his question about like how is, fight against back in the time you know i think it like i the way i see it, the same as like the same as competing right now it's like you know the i think the pressure was different back in the time like the pressure that i felt when at my first competition when it's when i competed so much with uh Feitosa and uh and uh <clears throat> and uh uh shaolin and all those guys the pressure was like, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail because my team. I don't want to fail because myself. I don't want to fail because uh, if I'm fail on this, I don't know what I'm going to do. The jiu-jitsu opportunity just belongs for those who win. So there are, there are mind, there are some like uh, idea that are in, 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 in people's mind back in the time that you, you have to be a good regarding to have a school or, prov- or, or survive with jiu-jitsu, otherwise you have to do something else. So nowadays, depression is totally different. It's not a financial thing, but also it's about prestige. It's about, you know, it's about likes. It's about followers. It's about, and I think it's, a, it's, a, it's the same thing. Depression is depression, doesn't matter what. Doesn't matter the pressure for followers or the pressure for for prestige or the pressure the pressure but we be pressure is always will be the same thing and like and the way i see is like the commitment is the same thing i was training six to six hours a day i was it's like my my full job it's competition so if you ask i i hate compete i never like compete because the competition i knew it that uh regarding to competition will come a commitment that's gonna hurt myself i'm gonna hurt during the training I'm going to hurt my feelings. I'm going to hurt my ego. I'm going to hurt my body. I'm going to break my body regarding I win the tournament. I was not a guy go to the competition just to compete. I want to win. I want to, you know, beat up the opponent. I want to show how, how, like, what can I do? And back in that time, you, you have to fight against, like, the whole entire system because, you know, like, fight against Feitosa, and fight against uh, uh, Hoyer was totally different fight against uh, uh, other guys, you know, because uh, the federation, the competition was was uh, was uh, was like was like very was control was uh, everything was very hard to fight against the people like from their team, and when and uh, and that and, and I believe in that I think that's what make me be frustrated a little bit in the in the in stop to compete so much. Uh, world tournament because sometimes people ask Leo, why don't you compete so much world tournament? And it, because was the boom with the with the comp, uh, uh, private competition, competition putting money, 
uh, different opportunities, you know, and and I fought in 96 a brown belt, so I win the awards. I fought in 97 and I lost for Master Feitoz in a very polemic finals. I, I win nine, uh, 98. And then I lose 99 for, for uh, uh, Holy Grace in a very polemic final. So four years. So if it was like a kind of fair, the competition, I, I couldn't be four times world champion. But because of like those guys was the guys they always are facing the tournaments and those guys was I feel those guys are protected by the by the 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 rules. It was very hard to score, was very hard to beat, was very hard to, you know, the back in the time was very the the rules, the the competition was very like uh, uh sides for them. So this make me think, okay, if jiu-jitsu is something that I wanna change in my life. Be a world champion, be a world champion in this federation, be a DCC champion, be a super fight champion. It's 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 make the same thing for me. I don't care how many times I need to be a world champion. My goal it's a, it's a change my lifestyle and 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 change people's life to jujitsu. So I'll, if if I have if I can do this, be a world champion. Fine. If I can do this, doing like a Super fights, I would do it. So I think that's why I stopped to compete so much federations, and I st- and I start competing a lot of super fights, and then I st- and I and I I be engaged so much competing super fights, ADCC, traveling to United States to compete a lot of a lot of a uh, 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 GP, a lot of. Uh, shows that it was in Europe, I, I was doing seminar. So I, I make my patch of different things. So that was, but it was pretty hard thinking. It was, it was very hard to compete, you know, like against like some some people. And especially because also the media didn't show so many people. The media was showing just like one, two, a few guys. And my professor, Jacare, was always telling me, doesn't matter if you win, if you win your division, if there's nobody over there, you have to fight with the with whatever the media show regarding for you be somebody. So when I got my black belt, I fought in I fought in in different divisions regarding like depending who was in that bracket, who was in that division. So I was going from feather, light, medium, and open class to fight a big against biggest name because uh, fight against biggest name because the 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 uh, the media was showing those guys, and my professor was encouraging me to fight against those guys because right now the media has to show me. So, and that's what I was. That was my commitment is to fight against everybody. But you know, and that's what thinking that uh that uh and because it was a lot of uh, options and and the words the 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 words that the federation was one of the those options that I have. So then I was just always deciding what's the best for me regarding my my purpose of my life in Jiu-Jitsu. Lee, we're winding down to the last uh, 20 minutes uh, of the podcast. It's been really, really uh, fun so far. But one thing I wanted to ask you before we uh, get too uh-huh. carried away here is you're someone that had great success at ADCC, Nogi, and IBJJF as a world champion in the Gi. There's a lot of talk today about the two uh, different disciplines, Nogi and the Gi, becoming different sports. 
I wanted to a- ask you what you thought of that and if uh, you think that is true or if you think your jiu-jitsu should win in both. When you say discipline, what do you, what do you mean? Some people are saying that nogi is almost an entirely different sport now than jujitsu. That it's just grappling. That uh, because of the rules and the techniques allowed, it's almost a different game. And some athletes seem to specialize. Yeah, I think it's like uh, you know, like for the to put in the uh, to a point of view to people easy to understand. It's like rugby and American football. So doesn't mean if you're good in 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 rugby, you're gonna be good in in football. But it means you have a lot of skills that if you know how to use your skills, you can be a very good player, you know? So for that, there's no question that jiu-jitsu, it's a, it's a very good as a no-gi, you know? So, but of course, like uh, there are a lot of, that are, depend the way that you use your skills, like your jiu-jitsu game. And that's nice with jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu have a, like a pretty open games. So you can, you can have a different games. There are games that it would be very, useful for for nogi that a lot of game in jiu-jitsu would be very good for mma that a lot of game in jiu-jitsu that would be good just for sport jiu-jitsu you know so as when you know how to choose how to pick what's in what is this so you, you're gonna you're gonna develop so much so all my in the especially in the, my the, in the first adcc so we i never training no gear i was only training with gear so you barely take the geese out to go training. And and even when we and uh and the, I understand that no gi you have to get a B training. So that was the reason that uh, my school was the first one of the first schools that making uh, mandatory training geese and no gi. So back in Sao Paulo, when I was teaching in Sao Paulo, so this was all right after uh 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 alliance when i have my own academy when i have my own decisions so when people are already follow me so i put i put mandatory in the in the competition training one hour with gi one hour no gi and it was mandatory everybody from the comp- competition team they was training with gi and no gi if you ask oh but they they have a no gi competition no they don't they only have no gi competition every two times a year but I knew it that if we do if we did that back in the time, when Nogi became popular, and I knew it is gonna be, so we're gonna be ahead of everybody else. And then for me it was pretty easy to understand that. And I was making, I remember uh and uh like all those guys, like they were training with me. So before before this happened, you know, so Terere, Andre Galvão, they tried, they make the trials before, they fell. They didn't make, they didn't win the trials. But there was a, there was a different teams than I. So, so, so when, when I was, when, when uh, Andre came to training with us, uh, and, and we was already training Gui and no Gui. Lucas Leite, Robert Drysdale, then Andre Galvão was training. So all, Damian Maia was already there. So all those guys were training gi and no gi. So maybe they didn't know for what reason. Maybe they didn't know, they didn't understand how important those, those can be. But I was telling them that the, the training gi and training no gi helped to complete each other. That some skills that you have no gi, 
that you're going to use with Gi. There are a lot of skills that you're going to learn with Gi that are going to use no Gi. So, and then we're going to be training for one, two years. So next year, when the Abu Dhabi was in 2005, 2007, so we became the biggest team, the, the, one of the biggest team that more uh, put athletes in the, in, the, in, in, the, in the competition. And the reason why, because we start a long time training no gi. So I'm, like, I was in the 6'6", six, six, I took second place in 6'6", six, six uh, in 77 division, we have a Popovich who was training with us, and Andre Galvão took third place. So we have two guys in the two represent guys in in 77 division. One took first, one took third place. The next division, Damian Maia wins. In the other division, uh, Robert Drysdale he took I think second or third place in his division. In the open class, we qualify Andre Galvão and and. Uh, and uh, uh, Robert Drysdale. Andre Galvão took third place and, and, and uh, Drysdale, he submitted Marcelo Garcia in the, in the final for the, he win the open class. So in this year, the reason we was training so much with Gi and no Gi, this, give, uh, this make us be ahead when, when, when everything was uh, uh, open, you know? So that, that I, I really believe that the martial art, it's different. But it's very similar. If you know how to control the, the the skills, and if you know how to understand like what you can learn from one one and use to the other, and how to use the other to another one. So when you know how to play back and forth, you're gonna make, you're gonna be one of the amazing athletes because that's what I do in all my life in jiu-jitsu. So I was going to judo to learn judo, not because I want to compete in judo. It's because I want to learn what the judo skills can help in my jiu-jitsu career. I was going to boxing. I was going to capoeira. I was going to luta libre or uh, wrestling uh, because I knew that, that I'll go, every martial art will have something that I can learn, that I can make something different. Because if I train with the same guys, if I train the same skills, I'm going to make my same results. And I was... And my concern about competition is always do something new for the next competition. I, I never want to be same person. Same person, you guys are going to be easy to read, easy to plan your strategy for you. But if every competition you show something new, you'll be very hard to understand your game. So my research in the other martial arts is always to upgrade my game and bring something new to confuse the athlete and also to learn different skills. And that's what I encourage my students to do to try different things, to go to different sports, to, to train with different people, to learn different skills. Because if you train with the same people, you're going to make, you're going to end up with the same results. You have to get to make, training with a different, different uh, trainings to get a different, different result. Leo, uh, some, uh, yes. something I really like to hear you talk about is uh, obviously one of your students is 13-time world champion, Uchecha, Marcus Almeida. What, what's he yes. like? What, what's it like training him? What's it like coaching him? And what's just Uchecha like as a as a person and as an athlete? You know, he's a is is like I said, like he's a very complete athlete. So, like I'm more, you know, like the I'm more play the the angel and the devil his shoulder. You know, about mentally keeping him focused. 
Because when he fucks, then nothing stops. He's a very disciplined guy. He's a very committed guy with with uh, uh, competition. You know, he's a he's very talent. You know, so the like the way the he was introducing the sport, the way the sport was in his career, you can see it like winning and lose. Uh, every every struggle in the sport, every situation he had in the competition built like a very good athlete, a very strong mindset. So he is he's the guy like uh, we have to do a lot of research about like what built the Bushesha because uh, he's the he's the he's the or uh, uh, research to make more Bushishas. So yeah. what what's happening because uh, that's the idea. What 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 can we do more Bushishas? So we have to uh, Whatever apply to him, we have to put other people's to in the same circumstance to get regarding to get a new the other bushesha. So his commitment in his life always was like about like to break a record. It should be like the most like guy who win the the awards competition. And he did. You know, and he's still doing. And he was like call me usually he usually I have to give a very good uh, Usually, I have to give a very good timing to 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 celebrate because that's something that I, I learned so much pretty early. It's like every every goal that you put for yourself, you have a commitment, you achieve the goal, you have to give a gift for you. I learned this from Kid Believer. One day he say, "Leo, the reason sometimes you put so much pressure on you, and know I know how you do. So you have to learn how to give gifts for you. You have to know how to give something." pleasure for you. Always after competition, give something to you. You're going to see something now. You're going to be appreciated different the competition. And then I start doing this and this pretty works so much. And then I understand that, uh, and I make this with Bushesha too. So I understand that his commitment for the sport regarding to keep him motivated, I have to I have to give a prestige. I have to give a time. I have to give his, he works in his timing. So he achieves his goals. I, like he Go enjoy, make your lifestyle. And he was the for this year. He was coming. He was very early. Hey, I want to fight again. I want. I'm ready. I want to fight again for the awards. And then all the situation, you know, with the virus came and then and then stop everybody. But he was very commitment and work with Abushesha. He's a very even like a, he's a very talent. He's a very good listener. You know, he's a very like. A, Whatever you say, he believes, he understands, he wants to practice, you know, he likes challenges, you know, and 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 he deserves everything that's happening with, with him because he's a very, like a very strong, a very, very, very good guy. He's a very good example to you for we have in the sport and very good athlete that you need research for you develop more shishas. You say you you keep saying make more bucheches, develop more bucheches. Who who's coming up next from from Checkmate? We know you have some some big time black belts, Mateus Gabriel and Hanato Canuto, but who else who else is coming next on your guys' team? Yeah, like when it, when it, when go, those questions come to me, I always like to go really early, like more back more than what's with the new generation that sometimes doesn't get the spotlight as those guys. So we have, a, we have a lot of good black belts, like you just say about those guys. But we have a very good, like, uh, uh, brown belt. Sometimes don't get the same spotlight because they're still brown belt. But Johnson was one of the good names that I, that I believe is 
very young kid, you know, but very commitment, big heart. Like the way we we train him, the discipline. He's a. It's like it, it's the same like a uh, 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 steps that what what build Bushesha. So we we kind of we kind of look for him like uh, taking giving like uh, the same as uh, as uh, opportunities like uh, we see him uh, be doing a very good athletes in the black belt too. Yeah, Jansen Gomez. I remember he was uh, when we did our event. Who's number one? He showed up on like twelve yeah. hours notice, and he beat the guy who won the Euros Open class. That was a, that was an incredible <laughs> performance by him. He's another Cantagallo. Yeah, guy. he's a, yeah, he's very like a talent and, and like a and I and unpredictable. He can play guard. He can play top. He can take him down. He can train him with again no gi, you know, and like he's a and he came like he came for a very good like he's training with my brother a long time. He's training since he was kid, so. Very good foundation. I think like the, the like the fundamental. We have a very good fundamental. Like a very when you have a very good fundamentals, make you be like make your 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 coordination, your muscle memory, your your like your adapt ability to adapt. It's amazing. He's that guy, you know. Like so he he be, and he's still building confidence. He's still like a he, he's still a kid. You know, and the, the thing like he 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 achieves he achieves so much, but he's still a kid. You know, he didn't when he develop when he will be developed. Who he who is Jensen? He's gonna be one of our top athletes. But until until this, we still we still have like a, a lot of very good entertainment with uh, Renato. You know, with uh, uh, Gabriel, we we have a lot of good. Black belts competing and break a lot of the new those new blood in the in the belts bring a lot of uh, attention uh, on spotlight for them. I love Jansen's uh, Kimura. It reminds me a little of uh, Kazushi Sakuraba and Pride, how he would grab the Kimura just from anywhere. And Jansen does sort of the same thing. He gets the Kimura from all different types of positions, doesn't he? It is. Yes. Yes. He's a very like a uh, 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 submission athlete. He's very. He's very. You know. Like his kim and his kimura is one of the his strong like uh, submission because uh, the kimura is really tricky. Kimura you can go from everywhere. You can go trick kimura from triangle omoplata as an armbar or back to the mount. So he can make it transitions from kimura to every single position and switch submissions from pretty quick. So yeah, and he have long arms and really strong. So it's a it's a it's a match. It's a it's a position who match for his body body uh, shape and also his skills. So tomorrow, like just like we had Tankino ask a question for you. Tomorrow we uh-huh. have actually two guests who you go way back with. You, two guys you've known a long time. We got Eddie Bravo and Marcelo Garcia are coming on tomorrow. So if you could think of try and think of something to ask Eddie and something to ask Marcelo, it'd be pretty cool. Oh, nice. Man, it was a be really, really nice interview. Marcelo Garcia and Eddie Bravo. Man. It's going to be fun. I want, like a, <laughs> yeah, like Eddie Bravo, he's so, so fun and loud and speak. And Marcelo is so calm and quiet. Like, it would be interesting interview, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but uh, I have to make one question for both of them. Yeah, probably probably just one for each. It makes sense. Maybe one for Eddie. Yeah, like, I can make one. Yeah, like, you know, I think, like, uh, that are like I would like to 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 know about them. Like, what's a 
if it wasn't like for both of them, if it wasn't jujitsu, like what's what is what they gonna be doing for life? Like what's the what's the what's the other option? Yeah, great one. That's you know, a great I, question. I, I love that. I one. love yeah. it. I love it. It's not technique yeah. or competition related. I'm, no, I'm no. really interested to hear their. I think Eddie's gonna say a rock star or something. I, I, I'll be interested to see what, hear what Marcelo is gonna say. <laughs> Marcelo's gonna say skateboarder. Yeah, but we'll be interested sure. for, from from both of them. If it wasn't jujitsu, what Marcelo Garcia? What's Eddie Bravo? What's what are you gonna be? Yeah, <laughs> I got I got money on uh, Marcelo saying skateboarder, professional skateboarder. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty good in skate. Yeah. All right, uh, Leo, we only have like uh, four minutes left. If you want to give a, a a message to your fans and everybody out there watching before we go, go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was, thanks for grappling for putting this together, you know, or, you know, in situations like that, that I'd say, you know, it's, uh, it's you know, people struggling to, you know, f- to find how to, what to do in home, you know, and uh, those resources, what you guys have been doing, it's such a nice, you know, so show a lot of uh, our side that people doesn't know, you know, about about uh, about people's life, about the other athletes, about you know, uh, help so much to to kill times to be in a home in quarantine. Also, like I was spoken with some of our students, like um, all that, like uh, those people say, oh, Leo, do you think you should be training uh, those at Jiu-Jitsu mobility, just solo trainings? So you think it's effective? So I would tell something like those exercises that you do in your home by yourself, those jujitsu moves that you do repetition, those drills that you do in home, like uh, it's all fundamental situation, all fundamental positions. You know, like if I if I do a class in the academy and that I do only fundamental position, nobody will do it because on the mat, everything wants you to do it's sparring. You barely want people barely wants to do uh, uh, specific training. Nobody wants to do drills. So when you're in your home and you're locked down, if you spend your time doing like like skills, like drills, doesn't matter how many times. But if you do drills, you want to realize how this quarantine was important when you was jumping the mat because you're gonna you're gonna see how how the muscle memory, how the coordination, the when you try to the position be executed, to be so fast, so engaged, so powerful. Also, the way that you can prevent like uh, injuries. And I, my education is in physical therapy, so I know what I'm talking about. So sometimes we don't see so we don't see so careful about like like in those quarantine, like my home training, how effect can be. But can we be very effective? Would be effective for you not for you keep your body shape for you keep your mind like you know uh focus you know and 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 then it would be very effective when we start sparring you're gonna see how the how the flow how the position will flow so easy and fast and then you're gonna realize oh my god that was like you know like uh, the the home training was working you know the home training was working and and that's it like uh you know so stay home Stay healthy, you know. Do as a part of it, like those are your what you have to do, you know. And and be be smart how you how you how you you spend the time because there's no secret in anything. There's no secret in jujitsu, you know. Whatever you spend the time, that's you're gonna be good with. If you spend time in 
If you spend time watching TV, you will be very good at uh, uh, watching TV. You're going to be, be very good okay. in, on movies. If you spend time in doing drills, you're going to be very good in drills. So, so find, the, find what's like is important stuff to spend, spend time. And then, and then for sure, that's, that's going to be good in this, you know. Amazing. So be uh, smart. Leo, thank you so much for calling in. Ricardo, thanks for calling in. Uh, everybody watching tonight on the King Ryan Show, we have time to bless. Tomorrow on here, like we said, we have Marcelo and Eddie. Thursday on here, we have your student, uh, Hanato Canuto, is coming on, so uh, that'll be a good one. Friday, we got Fion Davies. Thursday night with Gordon, we got John Danaher. A lot of good stuff coming up. Thanks again for calling in, Leo. You too, Ricardo. See you guys later. Take it easy, guys. See you next time. Okay. Take care. God bless you.